You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Now Jones escapes pressure, fires downfield, and it's caught! Darius Slayton! Man, this kid is awesome. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Nah, Grump, I really didn't like the way you did that intro. I think you should do a lap. I have already done my lap for the day. I screwed up a tweet. Um, you know what? I own up to it, even though I corrected myself immediately. You know, it's it's you know, when the regular season happens and I've gotta be on top of, you know, sixteen games going on at the same time and, and whatever's happening live, I gotta get my shit straight before I send a tweet. So I, I'm hoping I learned my lesson. Well, you know something? This is not a Jason Garrett podcast. This is a Joe Judge podcast, and I need you to be on point. So why don't you just go out and do another lap around the, your, uh, your recording studio and come back and let's do this again. I'm not going to do that, no. Not, I, I don't think Joe Judge sends people on laps after hours. Who are you? Kelvin Benjamin back yeah. talking to me like that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we're going we're gonna to take a week off from our position breakdown thing and how the roster shapes up, even though it's kind of affected by what's gone on so far, but just, just want to talk about camp so far because a lot of information came out immediately as players reported and lists were made and roster moves were made to accommodate all that. It was just a lot of stuff. So there was that, and then obviously the events in camp, there were a lot of stories. So we're going to just... Just talk about camp today, and we'll push off our stuff on the edge position, outside linebackers, and inside linebackers to next week, though we will touch on it just a little bit as it you know, involves camp stuff. Sounds good. So, as Cranky Fan <laughs> listed, uh, <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin had a very short stint with the New York Giants. He showed up to minicamp or whatever, a couple months ago, two months ago, I think, maybe a little over, maybe like 10 weeks. Um, We weren't privy to this information until the last week, but he showed up at a certain weight and was told to show up at 251 when he reports to training camp. Instead, he showed up at 268 pounds, which was three pounds heavier than he was at rookie camp. And um, was promptly cut. I mean, he showed up, got dressed, went out on the field, and then was sent packing. And that was it for him. He was not happy. um, But, I mean, I don't care. I don't think anyone who's a Giants fan actually cares about this. Um, He can be unhappy all he wants. It sucks. But um, you gotta work. No matter how many years he played in the league, to play in the league. I don't want any Knowles on this team, so I am happy. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's my personal feeling that I don't like anybody from Florida state. And you know, this guy, the balls on this guy who is basically out of the league and was getting a second chance, you know, whether it was from, you know, a GM that was his GM prior to, and gave him a, a through a bone for him to rehabilitate himself. They're probably playing this league with the giants or somewhere else. And he completely shit his own bed. And to me, good riddance F you that's that. Graham Gano is a seminal. I don't like him either. Oh, all right. I have to deal with him. <laughs> I, I believe he is the current holder for consecutive made field goals for the franchise. Listen, if the Giants are down by two in the Super Bowl with one second left and he has to kick a 56-yard field goal to to win the game for us and we're Super Bowl champions, 
fine. I'll like him. Until that point, he's a knoll. Fair enough. I mean, I guess I can't argue with that. So far, at least, he hasn't beaten his wife or uh, driven drunk into another car. So for Giants kicker standards, he's he's right up there with Lawrence. He's Pine. a model citizen, yeah. yeah. Right. Really, it's pathetic, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, really, I mean, that's the best kicker we've had since Lawrence Tynes, right? I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Um, also from Scotland? That is your fun fact of the day. <laughs> Um, so whatever, Kelvin Benjamin cut, you know, it became a big story. Uh, it became an even bigger story because of a joke tweet, which was awesome, by the way, um, that he was cut for surveillance footage of him stealing food from the cafeteria. That's not true. It's just cause he's fat. Um, <laughs> I might've, fa- I might've fallen for it and did my own little sidebar saying, you know, Something about Florida State and people stealing food, whether it's crab legs or from the cafeteria, it all, it's all the same. So I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, I saw that tweet of yours, but I didn't see you running a lap. <laughs> I hey, missed making, that one. Well, if you're making fun of Florida State people, it's, you know, there's no reason to run a lap. That's, That's what you're supposed point. to do. Yeah, you know what? That's still a valid tweet, I guess. Thank you. Um, but there was a lot of other action that happened. You know, right away, fans started to panic about the amount of people on the COVID list. The COVID list is reserved for a number of different things. One of those things is simply being exposed to it. Uh, it does not mean that you have to test positive to be placed on it. It just means you were exposed. Um, so there were a bunch of players on there. That list is becoming emptier and emptier as the days goes on. Uh, but Blake Martinez was the big name on there that scared a lot of people. Yeah, let's let's remember one thing about the COVID list, and I think we've been through. I'm not trivializing at all what we've been through for the last year and a half, but when you if you catch COVID and you have even symptoms on August 4th, the odds of that impacting you on September 11th or in the, in the you know the time period preceding that to really be ready for the first game, it's really not that much of a big deal. So it, it's you know it, it's it's frightening when you hear someone has it or know what that means, but. The actual impact to them as far as the regular season is pretty minimal. Yeah, and, and not only that, you know, we don't know the reason these guys are on the list. So maybe don't panic until you see how long they're on the list. You know, and, and Blake Martinez is not the kind of guy that I think needs to be there for every single training camp snap. You know what I mean? Like, we know who Blake Martinez is. He's our starting inside linebacker. He does not. He does not need to learn a new defense. You know, I'm okay with him coming back when he's ready to come back. Um, Josh Kalu is another one that was on the COVID list. Uh, we highlighted him as a potential for the last wide receiver to stay on the roster because of his special teams ability. Um, just something to keep in mind. You know, maybe that. I mean, for guys that are that level of fringe. Missing a few practices is just enough to, to, you know, to ruin it for you. You're behind the eight ball. You, those guys, every, you know, every drill, every snap, every everything is just one behind people that are competing with you for that roster position. So Blake Martinez, like you said, it'll be fine. You know, the, based upon his position, based upon his salary, you know, the contract, all that stuff. We're not really fretting too much, but for these guys who you know, really could be cut in a moment's notice for anything. You know, it, it sucks, and it's unfortunate, and he's going to have to battle through it. So we'll see what happens with him. 
In addition to all that, Reggie Ragland, who was signed by the Giants this year to a one-year deal to play inside linebacker, either to win the starting spot next to Blake Martinez or be the first depth piece to come off after Tay Crowder or whomever, um, is on the non-football injury list with a hamstring issue. Uh, So now you add in Martinez and Reggie Ragland not practicing and fans started to panic a little bit. Uh, the, The starting inside linebackers... I think so far, every single practice have been Tay Crowder, who has only played defense for a handful of years. I mean, when he started at Georgia, I think for at least two years, he was a running back. Um, And Carter Coughlin, who's transitioning from outside linebacker, was also a seventh round pick last year, um, is moving to inside linebacker. So those were our starting inside linebackers. Two seventh-round picks from last year, both fairly new to the position. Uh, so fans understandably panicked a little bit, but remember. Um, they're drills. Yeah. I mean, they're not even inter-squad games. They're not playing against scrimmaging against, like, the Patriots having a dual practice. It's not even the first preseason game. It's not cut-down day, and it's not opening day. They're drills. Um, you know, we are all so thirsty and starved for football, and we want to read the tea leaves for everything, but sometimes – a drill is a drill to get reps. And right now, that's all this is. And we will start. We'll go into panic mode when it's for real or as close to real as it will be. But for right now, we are we are just you know kicking the doors into training camp and getting started. So everybody back off the ledge. Yeah, and remember that this is training camp and guys like Reggie Ragland and Blake Martinez are veterans. Um, the coaching staff understands that they know the game. They just need reps to get accustomed to things they're not they're not scrubs they're not rookies so you know this hamstring injury might be so minimal that it's just they're okay with keeping Ragland on the side let him rest up whereas in the middle of the season he may be doing walkthroughs with them or practicing in some capacity it's an overabundance of caution again today we're recording this on Monday August 2nd the first game is September 11th that's a long ways away. If yeah, it's, it's more than a it's, month. Yeah, I mean, it's also kind of the theme if we want to talk about, you know, I don't want to go into the, the whole thing with Saquon Barkley again, but it's, you know, they are going to err on the side of caution, this team. You know, there's no sense in overdoing something on August 2nd, which could impact the future of this team for 2021. So you're going to see a lot of that this early on of just holding back to err on the side of caution. And I don't think Giants fans freaked out at all to find out that Saquon Barkley was started the year on the PUP list, which is actually exactly where I expected him to start. Uh, there's no reason for him to be getting an insane amount of reps, or any reps really, this early in camp following something like that. I'll go a step further. I'm actually glad he is. I mean, I don't just... There's, and again, for a guy like Barkley, there's really nothing to prove. I mean, does he have to prove himself to the coaches or anybody? Other than proving that he's healthy, I think you prove you're healthy just by more rest and doing it at, at, at your pace, working on the side practice facility, you know, doing your own individual things. Um, and also, you know, do we want Denver to know for sure if he's playing or not? Like in the first game, I mean, if he, the little sense of mystery, I think is actually kind of a good thing, don't you? Like if we, if, if he comes in on day one of, uh, 
you know, of camp. And he's like, oh, I'm ready to go. And he's running drills. It's a little more for Denver to kind of prepare for for the first game. If it's out there, you know, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? It just spends a little extra time for them to kind of prepare for different things. So it's it's gamesmanship being being played by the Giants, too. That's interesting. You know, I didn't consider that. See, that's something I would normally peg to the preseason and whether or not he gets preseason snaps. But you're right. You know, the moment he, he takes snaps in training camp, Denver has to know that he's, barring any kind of setback, he's going to be playing and they need to game plan for him. Nevertheless, I mean, I, I guess the plan then would be to activate him so close to when they need to for him to play week one that Denver has less time to game plan for him? I mean, I don't think this is, whole thing is just to deke out the week one opponent. I think if if they really think that they're not sure yet, they're going to play that angle up, but that's not the driver, the catalyst for what they're doing for the next six weeks. So, you know, while I'm sure not one person, whether it's Saquon Barkley, the coaching staff, the training staff, the medical people, anybody knows for sure if he's going to be ready for September 11th or not. So until then, let's let's throw that little mystery out there. Let's throw, you know, let's zig where everybody thinks we're zagging. And I, I'm I think that's smart. For what it's worth, the he he's been working out on the side. Uh, some beat writers have shown video of him. He's been cutting, sprinting, you know, jogging. He's done everything. He's been catching t- today, Monday. Jordan Rainon posted a video from all the way across the field of him leaping and making a fingertip catch before um, landing and turning and running upfield. I I think he looks he's probably ready. And if this were the regular season, he'd be practicing. But it's not, so there's no reason for that. So they're continuing to ramp him up very, very slowly. Well, let's just face it. If he can't do any of those basic things without wearing full pads, without getting tackled, without you know an unusual twist by getting hit or something, <laughs> we'd be a lot more worried. I mean, I, I would expect these things to happen at this point to even have the conversation of will he be ready or not for the, you know, for the first game. If he couldn't do those things right now, he'd be like, well, maybe we'll see him in October or November for sure. Yeah, you know. Those are not the things I was worried about when he got hurt. You know, my my initial reaction obviously was like, is he going to be out for the entire year? And then, you know, when we started looking into next year and, and, and down the line, I wasn't worried about him healing or being ready for week one even. You know, considering the time frame of the injury and the fact that, you know, we had Steffi Smalls on and she explained the importance of waiting for the surgery, letting the swelling go down on its own, you know, and, and how much better that is for him and, and his future – you know, I wasn't worried about the injury so much as I was worried about the mental aspect of recovering from something like that. Like, do you take the risks that make you Saquon Barkley or do you stop doing that? You know, th- that kind of thing, like, do I cut here or just run out of bounds becomes my point of emphasis. Like, is Barkley going to just run when the hole is open or is he still going to just be Barkley? You know what I mean? Like, Taking risks and, and reversing field and things like that, that becomes a decision that you worry about your body a little bit once you've had an injury. He hadn't really been seriously injured up to that point. I don't, I don't think he's ever been seriously injured, no. Yeah, so uh, to me, what he does in game situations is what I'm more worried about, and we won't know that until game situations happen. Not preseason, n- not joint practices, 
not until are the pads on and the scores count are we going to know that about Saquon Barkley. Um, there was a much scarier injury situation, and that was starting left guard, projected starting left guard, Shane Lemieux, went down with a knee injury. He was carted off. That doesn't really mean anything in training camp, or it may not mean anything in training camp, only because there's no reason to make an injured guy walk the distance uh, which is it's also a greater distance you're not just going to the sidelines like you got to go all the way inside there, there's multiple fields if you've ever been there there's more than one field there it's an extra long distance to go from the practice field which is all the way at the end to the entrance of quest diagnosis so the cart doesn't mean anything the news later became that the most or the the, the worst case scenario was avoided other than that i don't know anything else he has shown up to practice and stood on the side and i believe worked on the side a little bit but not much Hmm. You know, we uh, we made the decision in this off season we were going to kind of roll with our younger guys, and you know, didn't really go after you know in free agency trying to, to fortify the offensive line. Uh, we have a couple of guys, you know, we think might be some capable backups, but you know, this could be this will be a problem. Guys getting injured. How thin is this line altogether? How thin are we? How much can we rely on backups? And if Shane Lemieux is out for extended period of time, all of a sudden that little buffer we think we might have suddenly goes away and then become bare thin again. So, you know, the most important thing for training camp every year, I don't care about position battles. I don't care about installing a new system. I don't care about any of that. The most important thing and the second most important thing and the third most important thing is come out of camp healthy. Don't want to see people out for the year don't want to see people who are going to be out for six to eight weeks because they're doing drills or something silly so you know these things do happen and it's you know football is all about attrition what team the teams in the super bowl usually they may not be the best teams they're the ones that are the healthiest and stay you know manage their depth throughout the year so hopefully this is something minor but you know we, we we think this offensive line will be better on paper for another year from these guys, but if these guys start dropping like flies, we're going to be in a whole world of hurt. And as we've been saying, the offensive line is the key to this season to see if we take the next step. So cross our fingers and hope that this is something that he'll be back on the field relatively shortly. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get back to Shane Lemieux in just a second, but to add insult to injury, um, I, I guess literally – uh, Matt Parrott didn't practice. He had a back issue. I believe he was also on the PUP list. Um, so this is all the same fucking day, and Giants fans are now screaming because our starting line was Andrew Thomas. Kenny Wiggins moved into left tack- left guard. Interesting to note that they are committed to Will Hernandez at right guard. They weren't going to move him back there and plug in Zach Fulton at right guard. They are just not doing that. Um, Grump, so, yeah. What was the score of the game today? What was the final uh, score? There was no game today. What would, did uh, did Dallas and Washington win today? Also, Dallas is having its own issue with Dak Prescott's shoulder. Washington is having its own issue with being Washington. Did uh, did we get eliminated from the playoffs today? Nope. All right, so let's not worry about who the quote unquote starting guys are. They are the first people who took a drill. I mean, I, I, I the freaking out, freaking out. 
you know, you could, there's cause for concern when everybody is injured and we don't know anymore. We are living in a world now where you are just not going to get information anymore. It's not like it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Every coach is paranoid. But freaking out at about, well, these are our starters right now, is you're making yourself mental. And you're going to have more gray hairs than I have. And God knows I have too many already. And it's, but it's not from worrying about shit like – Oh, the starters on August 2nd who took the first drill are X, Y, and Z. So off the ledge again, guys. Practice? Talking about practice? <laughs> um, yeah, and the reason why you don't panic over the fact that Nate Solder was playing right tackle and Kenny Wiggins is playing left guard is very easy. Uh, we've already seen Shane Lemieux's news is not as bad as we, as we thought it might be. He'll probably be back soon. It looks like, uh, you know, he's not on crutches or, or anything like that. So there's that. Also, uh, Matt Pert was activated. His lower back strain that he suffered in the offseason working out has apparently cleared up enough for him to pass his physical and practiced today, Monday, at right tackle. So off the ledge indeed. There's no reason to freak out until it's time to freak out. And while this is still training camp, everything is okay. Um, when, when they start missing preseason games and then when they start missing games, then we'll start to freak. And trust me, no one freaks better than Grump and myself. But right now we are not freakazoids at this point. Yeah, we, we freak out a significant amount, but only at the right times. Yeah, like I, I freaked think. out today. I freaked out today because I have a fucking shitty starting pitcher who pitches every five days. That's a freak out. That's warranted. Well – my wife may not think so, but that's a warranted freak out. Freaking out about this stuff, I think that's just a little extreme. Let's 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 pay attention. Let's you know keep our eye on it. Let's see what happens, but don't freak out. <laughs> so, the Giants made a couple of moves to to handle all this. I mean, they have all these guys on COVID list, non football injury list, pup list. All those guys they don't count against the roster. Uh, so there was some wheeling and dealing going on there. Um, in the midst of all that, you know, they sign inside linebacker Todd Davis. You know, that, that at least um, injects him into that linebacker conversation for when the training camp is over and it's time to create a roster. Maybe you got yourself a depth piece that's worth keeping. But at the very least, you have somebody taking reps at practice that isn't somebody you just moved to the position this year. You know, like Carter Coughlin... We'll get into him next week when we talk about linebackers. I like him, but goddamn, he should not be a starting inside linebacker. He really shouldn't. So, and, and, we, and when you're bringing somebody in to do just drills, you want to waste any time teaching him how to do the drill for that. You want them to go in there. You know, does it? We're not evaluating for you know what can he do? Can we move him somewhere else? It's probably known that you're going to be here for a few weeks. It's like getting a temporary job. Like a summer job at being a lifeguard, you know, when the summer's over, you're going to move on. These guys are professionals. They, you know what you are at some point in your career. So it's just a guy to go in, be a placeholder, fill a rep, go to the back of the line, wait till your next term. That's what they're for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, and, you know, he's got something to work for. He can, he can be something on this team. He could be depth on this team. He could be special teams on this team. Or he could be gone, but no matter where he goes, he's going to have to work his ass off. So there's no problem with that. And, you know, 
there's not much to know about Todd Davis. He went undrafted in 2014. He's still in the league. He's been in the league this whole time, mostly with the Broncos, most recently with the Vikings. Um, he He's caused two turnovers in his career. He's responsible for three turnovers total. Uh, he's gotten three sacks. He's got a bunch of tackles, over 500 of them. You know, it, he's a player that is probably depth. Um so, but but that's okay. So they went out and they got him. In response to Shane Lemieux's injury, we suspect, they went out and they signed former Dallas Cowboys center or guard, just interior offensive lineman, Joe Looney. Um, I didn't know that much about Joe Looney other than his name and uh, the fact that he played for the Cowboys as a depth guy. Uh, but I like him at the podium. He's a funny dude. And um, Well, the biggest thing is, again... They brought him in if he's just filling the Shane Lemieux spot for now. He knows Jason Garrett's offense. So, again, you don't have to spend time, you know, teaching somebody where, you know, and by the time it's November, it could be a distant memory. So it's a perfect type of guy just to slide in and do what he has to do now. Yeah, I mean, there's that. But also he comes in with some versatility on the offensive line. So now you're looking at the offensive line. I would I, I tweeted this out and I stand by it is that just barely less important than having quality starters is having quality backups. I, it's very rare that a starting five offensive line makes it injury-free throughout a a football season, especially now they've added a game, you know? So having somebody that can come in and not embarrass himself, no matter the position, is important. They have now added um, a, a ton of veterans as backups. You know, we can laugh and say the starters are all really young and have no experience, but those are the guys that they believe in talent-wise. They have the ceiling they want to develop. What's important is that they don't have young guys backing up. Right. They have guys who can come in in a pinch and do the job. Yeah, and just look at the experience back there. You have Nate Solder as your backup tackle. You have Kenny Wiggins and Zach Fulton and Joe Looney as your backup interior linemen. You know, all of them have a ton of NFL experience. None of them are starting caliber, and none of them should be starting, and none of them are planned to start. But when they go in and play, they're not out there wide-eyed like deer in headlights trying to figure it out and have the game slow down for them. They're guys that know the drill. They're businessmen. This is their job. They come in. They do a good enough job to stay around, and that's all you can ask for for somebody coming off the bench. All right, I'm going to zag a little bit. Are we sure Nate Soldier is not a starting lineman in this league anymore? Like, I just have this hunch that we're going to see there's going to be some point in this season, whether it's one game, three games, five games, where he's going to have to start. And I think he's going to be fine. I really think, you know, everybody has a very bad taste in their mouth from, from 2019 when I'm convinced he was injured in some way because you don't just drop off the face of the, the earth like that and still be two years later still around. I mean, if it was one of these things like, oh God, he fell off a cliff, didn't play another year, there'd be no chance he'd still be on this roster. And I know it's just, it's basically spent money having him on here. There's no, you already paid for him. But if he was that bad and, and, and fallen that quickly, he wouldn't be here. They just eat the money. So I have a, I have a hunch that there's going to be, somebody's going to write an article this year saying something to the effect that the old guy still got it or, you know, what a, a, a surprise he came in and he did the job. Just one of my hunches for this upcoming season. 
I could see that, but it. it I'm not going to Vegas and betting on it, but I just I have a feeling that that's going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't consider him a start. He's a starter, I think, for this year, but I think his days are numbered as a starter. You know, well, maybe yeah, not next year or the year after. So that's two different things. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's slightly different. Um, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Like long term, you're not going to want to put Nate Solder out there if you've got somebody young that you want to develop. You know, if if Matt Parrott's camp goes badly, they're not going to start somebody that's going to hurt Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones. So Parrott will back up Solder if he can't beat him out. Well, I have I no mean, doubt in my mind. I don't think Solder's that bad where they have to they have to shift around having him at all. I mean, he's not on this roster to be a guy taking snaps during practice. Well, we'll see as the precinct goes around because the last time we saw him was a long time ago, 2019. He was hurt, and quite frankly, I don't think he's ever really had the skill necessary to handle an offense with deep drops like he did in Pat Shermer's offense. And Tom Brady doesn't take a whole lot of seven- and nine-step drops when he throws. A lot of short stuff, and that's what Nate Solder is really good at, shutting somebody down for like two seconds. Now, granted, you can pull up plenty of film from 2019 where he couldn't even do that, but again, he was injured. Um, I think... We, we believe. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean... It also, I don't think it was like week one that Nate Solder was like getting decimated. It kind of no. happened as the season went on. If I'm remembering right, I could be wrong about that. But, I believe you're right. Um, yeah, and, and you know they're not going to put Nate Solder out there simply because he's the veteran or because he costs X amount of money or whatever. He's going to go out there because he earns a spot. And if they if they believe that, he'd be in the starting lineup as it is. Yeah, exactly. So. But but nevertheless, the fact that we're even having this conversation just goes to show the backup and experience that they have there. You know, they, they have a guy who you could argue, easily argue, is starting caliber. So and, and they've already they've already got him listed as the backup, so it just gives you the balls to run out a very young offensive line because there is a safety net behind them. If there was no safety net behind them, these guys would all not be starting. You'd be, you'd probably have the less talented, more experienced guy playing. They have enough comfort level in the guys behind them that they're going to, they're going to roll the dice with and, and speeding up the development of the young guys. You know, the, the, the Andrew Thomas is, well, he's going to play anyway. He's a, he's a franchise pick, but like the Shane Lemuse, the Pertz, uh, you know, everybody on that line. And we will find out, you know, don't say after week two, you know, it was a horrible decision. This offensive line sucks. Let's let this, let the season play out and we'll see if it, if it, if it's the wrong decision or not. And not to put too fine a point on it, but when we're listing backups, we're talking about Wiggins, Fulton, Harrison, now Joe Looney and Nate Solder. Those are all guys who've been in the league for a while now. Uh, mm-hmm. They all know what they're doing. And and, and quite these, frankly, one of them isn't going to make it. Yeah, these are not cast-offs from the XFL we're talking about. These are NFL players. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that, it, that we touched on like a little bit, but we're going we're gonna to actually go over now. Kadarius Toney was on the COVID list. He is now off, and I believe he practiced on the side. Joe Judge is ramping up certain players. Um, I don't know if that means he's been infected or if maybe he just came in contact with somebody. But he he came off that list pretty fast. Um, 
I want to say it was less than 10 days. And maybe it was 10 days, but. We don't know. We don't know what, you know, when you're on the list, are you quarantined? And if so, you have to stay in your little apartment. And if that's the case, then there's going to be some time you're going to have to. You know, I, I made this analogy at work today that you don't start running a marathon on day one of training. You have to build yourself up to that running that marathon. And that's the same with guys like Adarius Tony that. He was probably shut down for something. He may have not have any symptoms, but just being quarantined means you can't go out and do anything. So, I mean, he's not going to be for the next six months slowly brought up. It's probably take, you know, several days to up to a week to get him ready to play with the big boys. But just the fact that he's getting ramped up again and the worst of this appears to be over for a situation, he can get down to business and, and start practicing with the team. And we're all anxious to see Kadarius Tony in action, um, but it is it is what it is right now. Speaking of wide receivers, they also went out and got former Bengal Damian Willis wide receiver. He's going to be added to that back end depth of guys that probably won't make the roster, but we'll be watching for the three preseason games, see what he can do, um, and get this. They are expected to sign running back Alfred Morris. This one's actually interesting to me. I, I know that... I think he's actually signed as of today. Is he? I, I, had, I didn't see if he was officially signed or not, but... I believe so, yeah. Um, he... I, I understand that he was like the either the leading rusher or the second leading rusher last year and all that stuff. It's just... It's puzzling to me that they waited till now. Like, what... What changed that they wanted to sign him now? Or were they just – was he holding out hoping he'd get a better offer after his year last year? Maybe? They may have had some sort of handshake agreement that go out there and try to get a real job. And if you're not, you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk. I mean I think, you know, you build relationships with these guys. You know, it's not all cutthroat and, you know, you're good to us and then you're dead to me and then that's that. You know, it's, I think the latter is probably possible that, you know, he – what he average about four point three a carry last year, in 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 spot work, couple yeah, couple hundred know, yards. The numbers are really good, but I mean, really watching him, he looked slow. Yeah, but he know? is what he is. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he's not going to challenge anybody to be a starter. But if you need him to get carries, because somebody, you know, we you lose a guy or two, he's good for that role, and, you know. Maybe maybe he was maybe he said I still want to look for something bigger and better and the Giants probably knew that this is his lot in life right now and said yeah go ahead go look for something and then when you don't find it let's talk so that's probably where we are with him yeah I mean that could be uh, I I find it a little difficult for him to make this roster he is now on a depth chart that consists of Saquon Barkley Devontae Booker um, Corey Clement and the Giants just drafted Gary Brightwell. You know, yeah, I, that's good. I, that's what that's what you want. You want to go from a guy who you admittedly was slow looking and was very uninspiring, who is playing in the regular rotation, to a guy that we don't think is going to make the roster this year. So that's good. The rising tide of the Giants makes that difficult for a guy like him to make the team. But let's get him. Let's get him in the camp because again, like you know, the offensive lineman. You know, we were talking about earlier. You don't have to train an old dog new tricks. He knows to go in there and do exactly what he needs to do, at least for the reps. And one other piece of visiting – well, two other pieces of visiting news, workout news. Um, the Giants brought in Austin Ryder from the Kansas City Chiefs Center. 
uh, or he was scheduled to visit. I haven't heard anything else about that. I don't know if he actually did visit or not. But since then, they signed Joe Looney, so there's that. I don't think Austin Ryder is going to come in now. But they also worked out quarterback Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion was at Oregon State, I remember, when he came out in the draft. And I actually liked him more than Clayton Thorson. So that'll be interesting. Clayton Thorson does have the leg up because he was with the team last year. He knows the terminology and all that stuff. But I think skill set-wise, I like Sean Mannion more. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets signed or what happens with that. I think that's kind of interesting. The only other thing from training camp that I I want to talk about a little bit is um, fans are starting to panic a little bit about what's being worked on or what's reported to being worked on. A lot of short throws and a lot of red zone. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of criticism last year can be can be thrown at the way the offensive system was designed at the time, whether it was because of Barkley or not is kind of irrelevant because we're expecting Barkley back. And the offensive scheme was a lot of really short routes and in a bunch of combinations where nobody is running deep at all or maybe only one guy. So you have a bunch of dudes and it led to a lot of turnovers. You know what I mean? There's not a whole lot a receiver can do to separate to begin with. They didn't have a whole lot of guys who were good at separating either, so that didn't help. And, you know, tip balls become interceptions when they're short. Tip balls when they're deep, they just usually fall incomplete. But fans are starting to panic a little bit. My word of advice is um, they're ramping up. Give it some time. Watch the preseason games and make a determination from the second preseason game. If, If you've seen two games in a row and nothing at practice but short passes, then we can start to collectively panic a little bit. Um... Until now, until then, I view this as Joe Judge ramping things up, trying to get the, the short game to work before they work on the long game. And also, the short game and red zone, that's kind of the same thing anyway. And the it's Giants day, work it's terrible day at red two. Zone. It's day two and day three of camp. I mean, we are you install fundamentals first. Then you get more exotic whatever you're trying to do. Let's get the basics down. You know, it is. Let's, let's play as close to the line of scrimmage and as close to the ball as we can, and then build our way out from there to be prepared. God, I mean, are we are we just really getting into you know, just just general paranoia with this fan base about everything is gloom and doom and expecting the worst? I mean, I was I got into it with somebody on, on Twitter earlier this week where um, somebody got laid out a receiver. I think it was Dolly got laid out on a. Uh, an overthrow or something. And did. yes, it was TJ Bronson that laid out Kenny Galladay. Nick Gates came and uh, broke it up. Yeah. So somebody responded on Twitter and said, you know, did Jones put him in a dangerous position? So it's like, you know, later on, you know, the, the guy who tweeted that was like, I wasn't, I'm not anti Jones at all, but just the fact that you would ask that question, it's like, would you ask that question if, you know, Aaron Rodgers threw it? Would you throw that question, you know, of any other quarterback or is it just like looking for reasons to be like, I'm done with Daniel Jones already. And, you know, it's just like, are we going to go through every single time somebody gets hit or laid out, you know, looking for excuses to blame this quarterback on every single thing. So I think this fan base, everybody, God, just calm down. Worrying about what plays that we see from 80 yards away from a camera. Like, is that what we're doing? We have no idea what goes on in that you know, in the, uh, you know, 
in the bubble or in the, uh, the position rooms or, or what, what are they studying and all these different things? It's just a little tiny little specks of what you're seeing. And that's not going to tell you anything. You, you know, again, you're going to see the package. You'll see it in little small chunks in preseason. And then when the games start, you know, he, Grump is right. If you see, you know, the average pass run five yards in the air in week one, man, that might be what you're going to expect to see this year. But I highly doubt it. I mean, I, Jason Garrett has a track record. Just watches the film when he's with Dallas all those years. He wasn't a bad coach because the offense wasn't good. He was a bad coach because he was a bad coach. He's not a head coach anymore. So let's, you know, let remember what preseason is. Preseason is getting ready for the regular season. It's not a, you know, just my, the stock is high, the stock is low on a team, or, you know, it's not for, for, for looks or perception. It's to get ready. It's to, you know, determine who's going to make the roster, figure out who's going to be your starters, you know, implement game plans, implement packages, all that stuff. It's, it's not for your consumption and not your eyes to see. It's for internal within the team. So chill out. 100%. Um, the other thing I was thinking is I I know that these are sometimes wide receiver drills where they're just running short routes or whatever, but if we're expecting Patrick Graham, and, and I am, uh, expecting Patrick Graham to switch to a much more man-heavy system, then one of the first things I would work on would be jamming wide receivers in the line of scrimmage and handling short routes. Um, you know, the Giants played a lot of zone, and they played a lot of bend-don't-break last year because that's what the roster gave Patrick Graham to work on as his best path for success. I don't think that's what he wants, and uh, I don't think his track record shows that's what he wants. And I, I, I think that he wants to play a lot more man coverage. And he wants to mix a lot of that in there. And one of the keys for man coverage is getting your hands on receivers early. You know, they went out and they got a lot of DBs. They got a Dory Jackson. They drafted Aaron Robinson. You know, in past they've gotten James Bradbury and and Darnay Holmes. They've they've loaded up on these DBs. It's, you know. It's time now to run the system you want, and that means doing everything. The short passes, the crossing routes, the man beaters, that stuff all has to be worked on in camp. So it may also be that while they're ramping up the offense, they're focusing in on elements that were not as important last year for the guys that are coming back, which, by the way, is mostly everybody except for Jackson and um, Aaron Robinson. And those are additions. Those aren't major subtractions that we lost guys that we had to kind of compensate for it. We've, we've upgraded the talent net upgrade. Yes. And there has been a lot of talk about how good Adoree Jackson has looked so far in camp, which is, which is awesome really um, to have a first round pick at one corner and who's already got a couple years experience and a second round pick who's a pro bowler on the other side. I mean, you can't ask for too much more than that. And that's pretty much where we're at as a Giants team as of Monday. The Giants yeah. are going to continue to practice. And next Sunday, is it? Nope, it's next Saturday they play the Jets in a preseason game. Next Saturday, huh? Jeez. Yep. August 14th. We are already there. August 14th they play the Jets. So you can expect that... Tuesday, August 17th episode to have a lot of information about that Jets game. And then 
you know, the 22nd, Sunday the 22nd is a game, and Sunday the 29th is a game, and that's it for preseason. This month only. So, I just I just want to go to games, man, and have fun. I want to meet you guys and, and fucking high-five or share a burger, share a beer, you know. Well, Grumpo, Grump owes me a drink right now, so don't forget I, that. I, I didn't forget that. Give me a break. Oh, I was reminding you. Yeah, no, 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 you're good. I, what is... Was it three straight games? I got I got to check the the footage, but I think it was three straight games. I owe you drinks for right. Yep, and counting. Nope. And, and once those three weeks are over, feel free to meet us at the Jameson Room, where drinks will be on us, and I will convince a drunk cranky fan to buy your drink, not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. You know, we might be at a preseason game this year, maybe. Um, I'm. I think it's probably more likely that I'll be at one than Cranky Fan will be at one, but uh, I haven't even decided yet. So, nevertheless, you can find us in the Jameson Room during the regular season, and until then, and during then, you can find us online on Twitter. I'm at football underscore Grump. The podcast is of course available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere like that. And the Cranky Fan is on Twitter as well at the Cranky Fan. So be sure to interact with us there. Yeah, a lot to talk about as always because uh, my baseball team's back in first place as the cranky fan, you know, tournament of champions continues now with the Rays back in first place, and also uh, USA Soccer winning the Gold Cup last night. Another, I'll put that in my championship uh, cabinet again this year, and hopefully in about six months we'll be celebrating a Giants winning the NFC East division on our way to bigger and better things so follow me on twitter at the cranky fan we can discuss it all and with that we'll see you guys next week with more training cap camp stuff and some inside track on the roster construction of the linebacker group <clears throat> we'll see you next week go, go giants, giants.